This podcast contains paid advertisements, but more on that later. Welcome to the O'Connor Bootstrap Podcast, where I discuss how you can grow your business by the bootstraps. This applies to everyone with an entrepreneurial spirit. That includes bootstrappers just starting out, established business owners, and business leaders. My goal is to help you grow both personally and professionally. I'm your host, Isaiah O'Connor. Okay. So today's sponsor is, again, Audible.com. Audible.com, why do I love Audible.com so much? Because it's really helped me build my business. How? Because the best leaders I've seen read a lot, from 10 to 20 books a year, depending on the person. Sometimes it's a book a month, sometimes it's two books a month. It varies, but the one thing they all have in common is reading a lot of books. And a lot of the knowledge I've gained on how to run my business and succeed comes from a lot of different books. Even books I don't necessarily agree with, I can find information in there that does and can help me succeed. So that's why I always promote audible.com. Because it's one of my most valuable resources as an entrepreneur and just as a person in general. It's really helped me a lot in my life. Now, again, the book I'm recommending is Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey. His hiring section is incredible. I do highly suggest you check it out. It's really well worth the read. And of course, you can get your free 30-day trial and free copy of Entree Leadership over at audible.com forward slash bootstrap. That's bootstrap with a capital B. If you Again, audible.com forward slash bootstrap to go get your free tri- one-month trial and copy of Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey. Anyway, so last time found out that I was going very, very long in my in the episode, so I figured I'd kind of break it up and do another segment. And today I'm talking about the interview process. What should you be looking for? What type of answers are you looking for? What type of behaviors are you looking for? Etc. And again, this is one of those where I'm going to give you what I look for and just kind of a rough outline of what I do and my suggestions. But there's article after article after article online in detail of everything you should be looking for. I found a list 20 20, 20, uh, points long. I found one seven points long. There's lots of lists out there. There's lots of information out there. So again, this is again just to start getting to think about this on a deeper level. So let's go. Okay, so you've filtered through all the applications, you've gone through all the resumes, and you finally narrowed down your interview people down to your few final candidates, and you set up an interview date, and you start. So you're sitting there in your office or wherever you're holding an interview. If you, I do suggest an office or a nice quiet place to do the interview. If you don't have an office because you're working out of your home, 
I do suggest that you don't do the interview in your house because you don't want a whole bunch of strange people knowing where you live. So find a nice, quiet place, calm place where you can do the interview and in a relaxed environment. Then you need to be, as the employer, there early and be ready. Have your notes ready, have your laptop ready, whatever it needs to do that you are ready to do the interview. Because while you're interviewing the subject for the job, they are and should be, if they know what they're doing, be interviewing you for the job as well. What do I mean by that? I mean, the person who's doing the interview is going to want to know if they even want to work with you. I know I've done interviews with people, and at the end of the interview, for the job, I really didn't like them and or I really didn't trust them afterwards. Matter of fact, one guy, I kind of got a kind of a weird feeling about the guy, and I, I went and I talked to my parents about him, and I talked to my, turns out my dad knew him and actually worked for him at one point in time. And he told me what type of leader and what type of a boss to expect. And he was not a guy I would want to work for. And so I didn't go for the job because, again, I was checking the guy out as well. Because I want to make sure I'm working for a guy who's on the up and up and a great guy. So when you're about to interview, make sure you're going to make a good impression too. They're not the only ones that need to make a good impression. Now, you'll find some people that are absolutely desperate to work any job for any price just because they need a job, and that might work for a quick fit, but again, in the long term, that will probably backfire on you, and you don't want that. So, first step in an interview, make sure you're looking professional, you're on time, if not early, and ready to go, because you want to be as professional as possible for your interviewee to come into. Because then they'll know that you're a serious guy and they're a guy they're going to want to impress because they want to work for you and with you. First part. Second, when the person walks in, of course you need to make sure that they're going to be coming on time. That's a big deal. person comes to the interview late, it could be a problem. Now, don't make this a deal breaker if they are late because yeah life can happen and things can happen if they're late but it's never a good sign if the interviewee is late for the interview because it, it could spell trouble in the future but again don't make it make or break deal just use that as a heads up and add it to the sum total of your conclusion at the end of the interview. Then I'm also looking not just at the interview questions, not just the way they're dressed, none of that. I'm looking at the person as well. Now, the way they're dressed can be telling, of course, but when I was working in Radio Shack, we were told very soundly not to go just off the way they are dressed because that could be a poor indicator of if they're a good fit or not. And there is some truth to that, but then again, there's also some truth in the way they're dressed. And it completely depends on the job, the job industry, job title, etc. 
what type of thing you kind of hope to expect them to come dressed as. Now for me, because I'm running a balloon decor agency, balloon entertainment agency, if you come and you're in a suit and tie, I will probably be impressed just because my dad loves suit and ties, but that's not a major thing. I want you to come dressed clean, neatly, one that I can expect my customers to be happy. You want the type of person to be dressed in a way that will represent you, of course. And if they come dressed up fairly nice, fairly neat and clean, then that's okay for my position. They want to look like they want the job. Not saying that if a, now neat and clean, it's not necessarily a suit and tie. They could show up in jeans and a t-shirt that are neat and clean and they look presentable. That's fine, depending on the job interview. If you're interviewing a person for a corporate executive job for a Fortune 500 company, if they're not in a suit and tie, then that could be a problem because they're not showing the proper respect for the job. Now, if you're interviewing a guy to do construction work, construction cleanup, and they show up in a suit and tie, you probably don't want them either because they're doing construction. They're not doing executive deals. And a guy who shows up in jeans and a t-shirt applying for a job as a construction guy might be a better indicator of the type of person you're looking at. So appearance is important, but not super vitally important. It's more about are they dressed in a way that impresses you that they are serious about the position. But don't put everything into it either because gotta look at different situations. Now, one consideration is age and previous work history. Just because I know that I have a friend, my friend Dave, I've talked about him before, he, he's given me plenty of permission to talk about him on the podcast. He's that type of friend. He is definitely the type of friend that is a partner in crime type of friend, so I, I can tease him. But I remember the first time he went into a job interview and he had no clue what he was doing. He had just turned 18. He had never held a job before. It was his first job. And he showed up in a hoodie and a beanie and his hair really, really long in a ponytail and torn up jeans. And the hoodie was kind of an older hoodie, too, so it, he wasn't looking like the greatest, cleanest guy. Now he had cleaned up, but still, the impression he made on the interviewer was not a good one, and he did not get the job. Now, part of that was that interview person, the person interviewing him, had some issues with hiring people. Um... Oh, I might go into that in some other day. However, she was a tough person to please, and when he didn't show up dressed nicely, and quite honestly, he bore a striking resemblance at the time to the Unabomber. The sketch of the Unabomber, it didn't go so well. So, this was a job at a casino, working in the arcade with the kids in the family fun center and if you show up 
to apply for a job at the Family Fun Center looking like the Unabomber, you're probably not going to get the job. So we tried again. My dad and my mom had always taught me how to go do interviews, to dress up nice, etc. So we loaned him a suit. We convinced him to cutting off his hair. And he went again, cleaned up in a suit with his hair cut, looking sharp. And he got the job and wound up being one of the best employees they had. And I'm not saying that because I'm his friend, but because he was one of the best employees they had because I worked with him and I knew how, how good of a job he did. So, yeah, you you can be completely wrong about a person just by looking at them right off the bat. You can make a mistake because he was a great employee, great with kids, etc. He just was a young kid who didn't know how to go to a job interview. He never learned properly. So if you get a person and they're not dressed like you would expect them to, don't write them off right off the bat because you don't know if they might have just never learned how to go to a job interview. They might have never learned what type of dress to wear when they go to interview at your company. Matter of fact, I talked to somebody who, a guy walked in to work at a radio shack and he, for an interview and he had jeans on and someone commented, I'm still going to get my interview because they told us we had to, but I hate it when someone shows up at a job interview in jeans. And again, that was a personal bias. I think I could, probably could have been a great employee and he showed up in jeans. They were clean jeans. They were nice jeans. They weren't ripped up, torn up, shredded, or dirty. And he looked presentable. But the guy just had a thing about jeans not being professional, so that didn't help. Again, looks do matter. You're supposed to... When we worked at Rage Shack, we were told we weren't allowed to judge based only on clothing. But yeah, you, first impressions do make an impact. But try to look at why are they dressed that way. If there's something about their personality that might be giving you a warning or good feeling about the way they're dressed, etc. So just a thing on the dress. So now you've got your interviewer, interviewee coming in. And they sit down, and they might be a little bit nervous. The first thing I personally do is when I say hello, I will perhaps try to make a joke or do something to lighten the mood and set them at ease. You want a person not to be nervous during the interview, because nerves can get to the best of us and can make this not look so good. So you sit them down, you get ready, and... I'll ask them a few off-the-cuff questions, just not even official interview questions like, hey, did you have great, did you, you know, have a hard time getting here or anything if they're late? Or, you know, oh, do you think of the crazy weather today? Just something loose, a little bit light to kind of break the ice and just make it into a more relaxed atmosphere because I believe you will get a better interview if the person's not completely nervous and scared to death. The more relaxed they are, the better the interview goes. Then you start into your interview questions. Now, your interview questions, the depth of your questions, what you do, what questions you ask, completely up to you depending on your personal hiring process you build up. You might just do a short questionnaire, a short 5-10 minute one that you just rapid fire just to kind of get a quick feel of the guy and get him out and then just kind of get that initial drive-by interview as Dave Ramsey calls it. But 
with in my regard because I send out that email with those previous questions on there that I talked about the last episode. I've already kind of gotten a little bit of a feel, so I go into more detailed questions. And as you're asking these questions that you come up with, and there's lists of questions online, you can just find different questions, you can pick and choose questions that you want to ask, pick ones that you like, and then pick some that that will throw them off a little bit. I don't like the standard, quote, employment questions. What's your biggest failure or, you know, stuff like that? Yet you want to ask those types of questions without them being so cliche. I don't like the cliched questions because people know how to prepare for them. I want to try to find the, the questions that get to the core of who the person is and questions that they may not be able to prepare for. You want them to be prepared for some of these questions. Of course, there are some of the classical questions, like what do you know about our company, which are very important. And if they're prepared for them, then that's a good sign. And that's another thing, is when you're asking the questions, you want to see how prepared they are with the questions. You don't want them to have a pat and dry answer for every single question. You want to throw them a little bit. You want to throw some something in there to make sure that they're not just guessing what questions you're going to ask and come up with the best answer possible, even if that's not true. You don't want that. But you do want them to be prepared and to be with it. And we ask questions like, so what did you like best about your last job that they can answer pretty quickly? But if they go, um, uh, um, um uh, for a long time then you know they're not ready and perhaps that's a warning sign so you want a certain level of preparedness of course but you want to be able to throw them a little bit because you want questions that are real responses not just canned responses that they might already have guessed so i'm going to read through my questions and then i'm going to go through to my employee who gave me permission to use some of his answers because some of his answers he gave were really really on point so i want to explain this so first i'm just going to read through the list of questions now i put together a 24 question list and then i put a nine point checklist on the end to help me decide if they were going to go through to the final job interview and get hired. So the first question is, I'm just going to read these real quick. What do you know about my company? Can you tell me about a time when you overcame a challenge? What three words would you use to describe your ideal work environment? If hired, what is the first task that you would like to do in this position? Why are you leaving your current employer? What excites you most about this position? What do you like to do outside of work? And three or four sentences tell me about yourself. Why should I hire you? How do you think your experience has prepared you for the job you are applying for? Are you a team player? If so, give me an example. Have you ever had a conflict with the boss slash authority figure? How was it resolved? In your experience, 
What qualifies you to feel a successful what qualities do you feel a successful boss or manager should have? If you had to live your life over again, what's one thing you would change? Now I like this one because here's one that throws people a little bit because this is not one they're most likely going to hear from most interviewers, but it can give you a great insight into the person. That is, if you were an ingredient like a pizza topping, what would you be and why? And 16, because of the position, are you a good professional talker? Do you like to talk in a professional setting or are you shy? Because this job is, again, when you're making these questions, I'm breaking into the list here. When you're making these questions, you want to make some of these questions job specific. So considering that this person would likely have to sit there and talk to children for hours at a time and talk to customers, then I want someone who's good at that. A professional talker, as in very professional, not cussing and swearing and, and insulting children and parents. That's what I was looking for. So, okay, 17. Is there anything to prevent you from working any days during the week or hours? Do they have any objection to light cleaning jobs for you? Bathroom, vacuuming, dusting? Um, for your job. Um, are you willing to travel outside of the city for training and work? Are you flexible to do a lot of ty different types of work in one job? What do you expect to get paid? How many nonfiction books a year do you read? Again, this is a key one. By the way, back to number 18 about the cleaning. This is important. If a person is working for you and they're not willing to clean the bathroom or vacuum or dust or do menial work, then personally, I will not hire them. Because as the boss, I am willing to do those. And I want all my employees to feel like they're equally important and they're doing work, but we're doing it together as a team and being willing to do the dirty work, cleaning and boring work is very important because that shows a good, solid work ethic and good teamwork. Now, the how many nonfiction books a year do you read? This, again, is not a deal breaker, but it can be an impressive thing. If a person reads a lot of nonfiction books, this is why I was pushing Audible. It's important because uh, the more nonfiction books a person reads, the more of an entrepreneur leadership type of person, and they're the type of person that you would love to have on your team. Then 23 goes into that, and which is, are you willing to read slash listen to books for the job? Again, this is important because when you come to work for me, I have adapted the Dave Ramsey list of books that every employee has to read within 90 days and those list that list I can give later but I do give them the books to read because it kind of explains our company culture helps them become a better employee better leader within the company etc so this is important then number 24 is we are a Christian company are you okay with that now not everyone, of course, is a Christian or works in a Christian company, etc. Now, my company, I don't run religiously at all. It is 
a straight company. I just do have a high moral value of how I take care of my customers, etc. That's part of the company culture. And being a Christian, that does come through in my communication and in the way I handle my customers, etc. So there is that element that's there. And if you're going to work for me and you're not a Christian, I have absolutely no problem with that. If you're going to work for me and you're Christian, I have no problem with that. It's not a requirement. Why I ask that is if you're comfortable with your boss being a Christian, that might talk to you about Christian things from time to time. Just because it will come up, just because that's who I am, it's not something I push on people. It's just it might come up. It's in the culture. I might have Christian music on or something along those lines on a job site. That's all. Just a heads up because some people are very uncomfortable with a person that's religious at all. And if you're not comfortable working with a person that's religious at all, then I want to know that right off the bat. Because if you're not comfortable with me being a religious person, then you will probably not fit in my company. And again, if you're religious or not, it doesn't matter. It just matters if you're comfortable working with someone who is a religious person. Some people are not. Some people are. Most people are, quite honestly. And I don't I don't care if you're a Christian or not a Christian if you're working for my company. But if you're upset with me for being a Christian, then it's not going to work out. Then I have a my nine-point checklist here and comments I make. And the first one is attitude. Is it good, fair, or poor? Is their communication good, fair, or poor? Are they dependable? Yes, no, maybe. Committed? Yes, no, maybe. Will they fit our company culture? Yes, no, maybe. Is the compensation they're expecting reasonable? Yes, no, maybe. Um, I talk about training. The training possibilities with them. That's just a point I make that I'm going to tell them about. Not a question, but something I'm going to talk to them about. Number eight is the questions they ask me. I ask them, is there anything for me to add? That's always another thing, is what questions they ask you about your company. And what are they expecting? expecting from the job. So I ask them, what are you expecting from this job? What are you looking for? How do you see this working? And I answer, and I take those answers, I type them in and use them to kind of build a picture about them. So let's go over to my employee. His name is Eric. And when I first asked him, just here's some of my notes. First question, what do you know about my company? A lot. He looked at my website, read my entire website, looked me up, and had a lot of information. I was very impressed. Then, another thing is, when you're looking, when you ask questions, you're looking for honesty. And number 12 was a great one, and that which is, have you ever had a conflict with a boss or authority figure, and how was it resolved? And he told me about his previous job was a sales job. And when he wasn't doing as well, his boss was not happy. He did more work at home to try to improve. He got a bit better, but his boss wasn't satisfied. It was in phone cells, and I know how intense that could be. And when things weren't working out, he did just eventually leave. So he was honest about having conflict and trying to resolve it but not being able to. But he didn't come across as bitter or upset. He was just very honest about it. Yeah, I had a conflict and it didn't work, and I eventually had to leave, which sometimes you do have to leave because 
not everyone has a great boss not everyone is a great boss and when I ask if you're an ingredient like a pizza topping what would you be and why that gave a huge insight because it did take him off guard which is a great question because it does he, he made him think and then he his answer was amazing which was he was the cheese on the pizza because he's flexible he can do a lot of things and he can work with a lot of different toppings great response and after that when i did hire him i would call him the big cheese from time to time because of that so it made a little bit fun now going through through these questions i wrote through you know how are you going to be paid he he wasn't sure how much he was going to be paid he was open to be paid well of course uh then when i asked him how many non-fiction books a year do you read he said 10 that's very immediately impressive and then when i asked him questions you know what do you have to ask me they asked me a very pointed question not pointed but direct question about the balloons and the environment and if they're bad for the environment showing he cared about the environment and he read my website and he wanted to make sure he was okay with that because it's been in the news and media so that was a great question i was able to talk to him about that and yeah he did great in the whole interview now at the very end i threw in one more just to for fun just to kind of just kind of have fun with it a little bit and i asked him if he was i can't remember if it was star wars or lord of the rings i think it was star lord of the rings or marvel or something like that. i asked him you know are do you like the lord of the rings or do you like the marvel or whatever it was i can't remember it was one of these and he looked at me got all downcast said, no i'm sorry i don't like, oh well i'm sorry then then he put his head down and started walking out the door with great flair and drama and then started cracking up and sat down. So the very fact he had a sense of humor, was able to catch my little joke in there, that really was a plus. So that was just an idea of the interview. And throughout the interview, he was very confident. He was very precise. He kept good eye contact with me. He was very relaxed. We, When I threw him curveball questions, he took a moment to think about it, which is good. He didn't just try to blurt something out. He did consider the question, but not too long. He gave as best of an answer he could. He was very honest with his questions, even questions that were a little bit hard to answer. They came out with clear honesty. He didn't try to pump himself up too much. He didn't try to twist things to make him sound better he came across as a really great guy and wound up being a great employee. I was very happy with the way he was doing it. And it wasn't just the interview questions. It was how he answered his manner of speaking, the, the way he answered the honesty, again, his body language, everything else, and his overall sense of humor. When I did ask him the question of what type of topping were, it caught him off guard, but he smiled about it. And, he, he rolled with it. It didn't freak him out. So all these, he was on time, a little bit early actually, dressed well. The whole package went together 
and he wound up being a great employee. Now I've also hired people in Radio Shack. Um, they're very strict procedures. We had something called false stars. They had a checklist you had to fill in. They how they answer the questions. There was warning signs. The way they answer the questions, the thirteen pat, all that good stuff. And I've hired people in Radio Shack that turned out to be good employees in Radio Shack as well. Now, I'm going to go quickly jump over to one article I found here. Just a few signs that are warning signs if you're doing an interview, which were these seven ones. You can go look it up later, which is these. The candidate is big on adjectives but can't back them up. So what's your big, biggest strength? Oh, I'm dependable and hardworking. Well, what do you mean by dependable and hardworking? Hardworking compared to what? If you ask a pretty standard question, like I mentioned before, how did you like working at last job or something else like along those lines, and they just sit there with a blank look on your face, and it's one they should be prepared for, like, what do you know about my company? And they go, uh, uh, yeah, warning sign, not good. Again, I purposely throw some curveballs in there to take them by surprise because I want to see how they react. So that's good. Uh, the candidate won't admit there are some areas he could stand to improve. Again, that's what made Eric such a great employee. He was honest about the places he could improve. The candidate can't tell you the most crucial function at his current position. Yeah, they can't tell you what they are most doing at their previous job. Not a good sign. If they don't know what is the most important, it might be a problem. Uh, here's a good one, which I didn't think about before, but good thing I looked up. The interviewee says his present company doesn't offer enough room for growth. That could be code for they didn't pay me enough money and I want a lot. The candidate really wants to work for your company, but can't articulate why. I really, really want to work for you. Why? Because I do. But why? Because I want to work for your company. Yeah, not a good warning. Not a good detail. And of course... If you call the references and they can't tell you if they're a good employee or bad employee, that's probably not a great, great thing. And again, another thing that you want to add into the interview, which I'm going to, which is with the compensation, with the compensation plan that we I am offering, will you be able to live off of this? Will this meet your needs? That could be on a budget. That could be whatever, because if you can't live off of what I'm paying you, you're going to get stressed about money and it will not help you out as an employee. And I've worked for jobs where the compensation was okay, but it was performance-based. And if you didn't perform, you didn't make a lot of money and it was highly stressful, which could make it harder to perform because you were so stressed. You're stressed trying to perform harder, which would backfire, make you perform worse. Yeah, you got to make sure that the compensation is enough for them. So that's another thing. Now, I've been going on rambling on again for another 30 minutes here. So next week, hiring, I'm going to be talking about compensation the types of compensation plans you can offer and how creative you can really get when it comes to compensation and how that can really help with hiring people, how creative compensation can help you compensate employees without bankrupting, bankrupting you, etc. So that's a great thing.
to talk about next. See you next week. Bye-bye. Oh, one more thing as a side note. I will be posting my interview questions and my response email, what I send out to get people in, and also my job ad. I'm going to post all three over at my buymeacoffee.com forward slash capital B bootstrap for any of my members. This will be membership perk. If you want to do that, you can do sign up for my membership. I reduced it down to only $1 per month for the membership fee. So for a dollar, you can get all my my uh, job interview questions, etc. All up there, dollar a month. You can check it out, sign up. It's a pretty sweet deal, as well as all the other perks. I will also be posting it in the secret O'Connor Bootstrap Club boot, Bootstrap membership page on Facebook. So if you're a member, you can join that. It's only a dollar a month to start off. Go check it out. You have a great day. Bye-bye. If you found value in this content, please leave a comment and give us a five-star rating on whichever podcast platform you use. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and most other podcast platforms. If you would like to support us, you can check out our sponsor links, or if you'd like to support us directly, you can donate or join our membership program at buymeacoffee.com forward slash bootstrap. Of course, it really helps when you share these podcasts with your friends as well. If you'd like to interact with me and other bootstrappers and leaders, you can join us over at our O'Connor Bootstrap Podcast Facebook group. You have been listening to the O'Connor Bootstrap Podcast, an Athos Business Solutions podcast. For a companion podcast, the Athos Business Podcast, which is hosted by Jason St. Clair, past episodes and related blogs, please check out our website at www.athos.com, which is at www.atheoz.com or atheoz.com. Until next time, I have been your friendly neighborhood entrepreneur, Isaiah O'Connor.